Good morning again. Today's reading is from Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, entitled The Joy of Being. Unhappiness or negativity is a disease on our planet. What pollution is on the outer level is negativity on the inner. It is everywhere, not just in places where people don't have enough, but even more so where they have more than enough. Is that surprising? No. The affluent world is even more deeply identified with form, more lost in content, more trapped in ego. People believe themselves to be dependent on what happens for their happiness. That is to say, dependent on form. They don't realize that what happens is the most unstable thing in the universe. It changes constantly. They look upon the present moment as either marred by something that has happened and shouldn't have, or as deficient because of something that has not happened but should have. And so they miss the deeper perfection that is inherent in life itself a perfection that is always already here, that lies beyond what is happening or not happening, beyond form. Accept the present moment and find the perfection that is deeper than any form and untouched by time. The joy of being, which is the only true happiness, cannot come to you through any form possession, achievement, person, or event through anything that happens. That joy cannot come to you ever. It emanates from the formless dimension within you, from consciousness itself, and thus is one with who you are. Now it's my pleasure to introduce Nathaniel Hawker. Nathaniel is a three-year member of UUCL, a graduate of the University of Kentucky's College of Design, receiving his bachelor's and master's degree in architecture. He's currently an aspirant to UU community ministry within our faith tradition. Today, he will be delivering a sermon titled, Simplicity, a Beautiful Practice. Really quickly, I do want to say thank you to all of the wonderful staff and volunteers who week in and week out make our services what they are. Can we give them a round of applause? All right, good morning, everyone. I am honored to have this time with you, as always, and I never take this time for granted, but I do want everyone to just breathe. Just take a minute and breathe. I want you to center your hearts and your minds on the spoken word today. Just relax. All of that clutter, thoughts and worries of what is to come this afternoon, the week to come, keeping a tight schedule and appointments. Someone or a few of you in this room have a cluttered space at home that's in need of a yard sale. Even a trip to Goodwill, anybody? 
Whoever you are, just breathe. Australian-American professional organizer Peter Walsh says, clutter is not just the stuff on your floor. It's anything that stands between you and the life you want to be living. When I first read those words, I was like, wow, have I not truly understood as an adult how to manage my goals to arrive at a life where breathing is not so complicated? We're sitting down with a cup of coffee for 10 minutes is actually okay. Where my calendar does not dictate my every move. Wow. Does that resonate with anybody? Maybe you feel overwhelmed because your life isn't where you would like it to be. Perhaps you're always dreaming of a better life. You feel overwhelmed with the perceived momentum and mountain you feel you need to climb to get there. Even though that life is truly yours for the taking, you're overwhelmed by the idea of how much work you think it would take, at which you're not sure if it's even worth it. And maybe you have some ideas of how you want to shift your life, but not sure how you want to take the action to do so, to get there. Whatever the reason, just know you are exactly where you need to be in this moment. The truth is, no doubt, you already know what you need to do and how to do it. Your issue, perhaps, is having the courage to take action in spite of all your perceived fears and facing the thoughts you're telling yourself that is holding you back. And for most of us, it's probably as simple as that. In this month of nurturing beauty, I want to look at simplicity. Perhaps it's a better time than ever to declutter all the things that don't add value to us on this journey. That we may place things within our lives that are both amazing and inspirational. More so, implement the practice of simplicity that can be freeing and beautiful. In my personal experience, I can assure you that I have the talented ability of creating clutter. I'll expand. Choosing work over moments of joy. Piling up my calendar in one week over spreading out those appointments. Filling the garbage can with garbage until it overflows, then taking it out. <laughs> Forgetting to eat lunch during the day or taking a quick break and eating something. I am that guy. And all of these habits hold me captive to the continuation of worry and constraint. I am held down by habit over change that might make things simpler. It's complicated, or is it? And while I understand that I am human and that I am constantly growing, the change towards simplification in practice is often a resistance. I get all of that, but why is it that we hesitate to simplify the things in our personal experiences that continue to consume so much of our vital energy? Could it be that we have adopted a more worldly view that perfection is only achieved when we add more to our lives than doing more in our lives with less? Could it be that we as a society have become consumed by consumption? And might it be that we are not truly accomplished as humanity unless we are exhausted? I cannot tell you how many magazines, commercials, books, and Pinterest boards have tons of advice for leading a simpler life. 
Magazine headlines scream at us. Tips for doing it all. 10 organizing secrets. Three must-have cleaners. Five easy weeknight meals. The best skincare routine. The best kitchen design. They all promise that the so-called secrets they possess will lead to a simple, organized, contented, and more beautiful life. But it doesn't take long to realize that all their tips and tricks just leave us with more to do, more to buy, and a great deal more to long for. More, more, and more. It does anything but make us content. Furthermore, perhaps they are unaware that just maybe the beauty within simplicity doesn't have anything to do with stuff alone. Nonetheless, this mantra of more is everything persists. Let's take a look at one of the nation's most controversial and longest surviving religious utopian societies. The United Society of Believers in Christ's Second Coming, long, long title, or as many of us know them, the Shakers. They were once thousands strong, now a speculated 10 members, as it were, as recent as 2002. How in the world did that happen? Well, I think we all know the answer to that. Nonetheless, they persisted in both the vibrancy of dance and strict religious practices. They kept it simple, and tis the gift that simplicity is that remains free in consistency. The Shakers were an outgrowth of English Quakerism. While the Quakers strove for a deep listening and silence, the shaking Quakers needed space to rattle and roll, literally. With their expansion of 24 communities into eight states, something was happening with this newfound simplicity and all that it could offer. By 1850, there were nearly 4,000 Shakers. And over the last 200 years, over 20,000 Americans have spent at least a portion of their lives as Shakers. However, by the 1860s, Shakerism began to decline as the spiritualist movement took hold of many of their communities. According to the spiritualist movement, it was possible to reconcile both the physical world, that of the flesh, with the spiritual world, that of worship and dedication to God. This was in direct conflict with Shaker values, and many Shakers began to fantasize of a life without such stringent religious rule. Furthermore, Shaker numbers dwindled because as a commune that forbade marriage and sexual activity, there was no procreation, no sustainability. Any Shakers who violated the terms of celibacy were exiled from the community. Not to mention their small cottage industries could not compete with the cheaply made products manufactured by the Industrial Revolution. This same Industrial Revolution, mind you, was also happening in the very world they were wholly against partnering with. Perhaps the four basic tenets of Mother Ann Lee, communal living, celibacy, regular confessions of sins, and separation from the outside world were too complex in their simplification efforts toward perfection. Too much of a hindrance that would eventually hinder their growth. Here are the parts that capture my interests. The Shakers were connected to many reform movements of the 19th century, including feminism, pacifism, and isolationism. Fugitive people who were deemed to a life of slavery, including Sojourner Truth, visited the Enfield Shaker community in Connecticut. 
Furthermore, the Shakers would purchase those who ran from slavery, just so they did not have to go back. They believed in emancipation from slavery. Non-Christians in all races were welcome, with the stipulation that they abide by and agree to these four principles. The Shakers also believed in gender equality. Not only were they led by a woman, women had a voice, even though their spheres of activity and responsibility were kept separate. They invented things to make work easier, technologies to make work life simpler. They invented the clothespin to hang linens and clothing and keep them on the line. A circular saw to cut wood with ease, speeding up their production. The revolving oven to ensure food was cooked thoroughly all the way through. The seed packet that we still buy seeds in. A wheel-driven washing machine. The still popular flat straw broom. The invention list goes on. And who could ignore their minimalist yet beautiful architecture? The soothing relief of their interior design. Their desire for simple furnishings. Their exquisite craftsmanship. Their hands truly did keep to the plow and innovation, as their hearts remained ever in direction only to their God. Their vision of less seemed more in their sanctum, as they chose to remain sanctified from the broader secular community. While Shakerism had and still maintains a great impact on American culture, here are some takeaways from their practices that may lend to simple life lessons for us today. Y'all ready for these? <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> All right, number one, the Shakers put into practice conformity, which in psychology is defined as the act of changing one's behaviors, beliefs, or attitudes to fit in with other people. Conformity is attractive to many because it is, it is easier to follow what other people are doing than strike out on your own. It essentially alleviates independence. Lesson number one, seeking to fill your life with the clutter of someone else's ideas imposed on you is a waste of the unique human being you already are. Number two, the Shakers put into practice a form of cultic behavior, which is said to include communal and totalistic organization, aggressive proselytizing, systematic programs of indoctrination, and the perpetuation of perfection. Lesson number two, humanity has never been, is not, and will never be perfect. And just because we are not perfect does not make it so that any one of us should become robotic toward achieving the impossible. Number three, religion was the foundation for which the communities were built upon. Religion in all its tumultuous past and present has a tendency to be used in a divisive way that becomes weaponized. It can be used to destroy the very intentions we set out to do good and can be translated in a way that does not belong to a justified morality. It continues in an evolution to suit the societal needs of wherever it is employed. Lesson number three, many folks out there are great at teaching religion, but many miss the message when love becomes conditional and limitations are placed on acceptance. Number four, sustainability was, for a long time, a mystery within Shakerism. We now can see it did not benefit them in their decision to practice celibacy, among other things. 
And in the very broadest sense, sustainability has aimed to sustain the environment, the economy, and social dimensions of any society. The hope is the ability to maintain or support a process continuously over time, that growth becomes the output of such efforts. The final lesson. When you limit the utilization of the very tools you have to succeed, more often times than not, you're faced with a reality that doesn't match your intent. Now, these life lessons are not meant to condemn the Shakers in any way. And while many in the world might think of the Shakers as hippies without the sex, perhaps they indeed were an overly zealous people who were limited by their beliefs, religiously bound, prohibited to evolve alongside the world, a people whose furniture was perhaps a bit more sturdy than their practices. It certainly wasn't as simple as intended for them, was it? Whatever we might think, we might consider that they did live communally. They practiced ecstatic dancing and singing and believed in gender and racial equality during an era when women and people deemed to a life of slavery were seen as chattel. They thought that God was both male and female and also believed that when Jesus returns, he'd come back as a woman. It's no wonder the Shakers attracted skepticism and controversy during their heyday in the 19th century. And with all of this beautiful and complicated, it's no wonder that I, among many, remain fascinated by this culture. As I also consider Shaker Village of Pleasant Hill one of my favorite places in Kentucky. It is sad, nonetheless, that due to the heaviness of stringent religious priority, isolationist living, and limited thinking, brought the intended victory of sustainability for the Shakers to a grinding halt. So much of who we are is indeed the baggage we carry. Fears and thoughts we either self-impose or allow others to impose on us. So much of who we are is shaped by the lives that we lead. And so many people are covered up in these ideas of religion that no longer work, crashing down in the face of the unknown. Many of them are unaware that the beauty they seek in their lives can be found in the practice of simplicity. A practice where possibility is not conditioned by religion. A practice where breathing easily is possible. Where the smallest things in life become the greatest of importance and can be the most satisfying. But we remember that nothing is gained without hard work. And if anything were as easy as I have spoken about the practice of simplicity, we'd all be there. Amen? I would suggest that when true simplicity is gained, it's gained in the small things about life. It's gained with an unconditional love. It's gained with true acceptance of any other. It's gained by making space for new possibilities. It's gained by writing legislation that covers all with a common good and not written to satisfy only the political elite and their constituents. It's gained through deep listening and understanding. It's gained by sharing the responsibility of our neighbors. It's gained by trying on the life of another to gain a deeper understanding of their culture. It's gained when salvation is about 
is not about getting saved from some eternal damnation, but with falling in love with life, real life. This, my friends, is where I want to come down to. A life that is characterized by an optimistic pursuit of priorities with a protective attitude against undue complications. This is where we ought to be. This is what the valley of love and delight holds. And this we shan't be ashamed, for this is freedom. Take a deep breath once more. May we turn and turn till we come round right. Amen? May it be so.